right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is March the 17th of 2021. It is St. Patrick's Day. Hey! Hi! So, is, is it I? Did I say I? I don't think it's I. Arr. No, that's a pirate. Oi! That might be a pirate as well. <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple box? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so here we go, St. Patrick's Day. But the main thing, the main focus as we kick off the morning is to get you up to date on the weather situation they were watching impacting the state of Arkansas. Just a heads up, there has already been a tornado watch issued for the southern portions and western portions of the listening area. Now, this does not affect the city of Jonesboro. It does not affect... Um, it doesn't affect Paragould at this point or or uh, really anything to the north of the Interstate 40 corridor at this point. But as we look at this, tornado watch for areas like Memphis and Oxford and Pine Bluff, uh, those areas are going to see the tornado watch already. Forest City is also included in that. Now, for the rest of us, that watch hasn't been issued as of yet, but there is the chance as we watch this warm air move from the south, from the Gulf, that's pushing up at the same time the storm front is moving from the west to the east. And guess what? It meets right over eastern Arkansas in the boot heel of Missouri as we go throughout the day today. As we look out at the radar, we've already seen some rainfall in Jonesboro. A heavier rainstorm is around uh, right between Walnut Ridge and Paragould at this point. Also some rain impacting Pocahontas and Imboden and Black Rock. Uh, Batesville seeing a stronger storm that's On its way right into the Newark area, Tuckerman Newport also seeing some rain already this morning. Again, from the National Weather Service, the conditions are favorable. We're at a moderate risk of severe weather today, which we don't get a lot of those either. So as we kick off the severe weather season with this chance of instability in the atmosphere, we'll continue to watch this as we go throughout the day. Now, we can't rule out the chance of an isolated, stronger storm, uh, Mm -hmm. severe storm early this morning. But it does appear the strongest chance of severe weather, the more likelihood and the more widespread severe weather could be later on today, more than likely sometime between mm-hmm. two and six. Yeah. Uh, as we look at the forecast right now. So let's run through what the actual forecast says. Showers and thunderstorms. Some some storms could be severe, high around 69. A uh, chance of rain tonight, thunderstorms at two. Most of those ending sometime around midnight. Some of those storms could be severe, a low around 49. Now, tomorrow, cloudy in 52 with a slight chance of rain. So the focus today is on the weather and keeping people informed. Obviously, we want to make sure you have a plan just in case because, uh, you know, the city of Jonesboro, Harrisburg also saw storms and it was just about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw the tornado that came into Jonesboro one week later, a tornado that was in Harrisburg. Yeah. And all of us are are still on edge. I I don't know if you ever get not on edge from that. No, and I think that's the deal that we have to think about is we're all going to be hyper uh, cautious about what we're seeing today. And also the National Weather Service isn't going to take chances Mm -hmm. because we had those storms. So uh, early in the season, there is that chance that they might issue those uh, warnings a little bit quicker uh, until we kind of see what's going to happen. So we'll keep you up to date on that as we go throughout the show this morning. Again, as we mentioned, today is St. Patrick's Day. We'll celebrate that today. Wear green. So no yep. one pinches you. you gotta make I don't sure think anyone that. does that anymore. I don't know. No, in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> but in school, that used to be a deal. It was, I know. And kids would pinch me really hard. Aww. Yeah. Were you one little. of those kids that didn't wear green and you're like, oh, my underwear's green. Oh, I said that. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Also, National Corned Beef and Cabbage Day today, which I believe is an Irish deal, too. Uh. Thanks for getting up and starting your morning with us. Welcome to a Wednesday morning. Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, so the year was 2008, and Carrie Underwood had the number one song in country music on this day. Always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas. Brandon Baxter in the mornings. Gotcha gossip. Well, Demi Lovato is the major topic in the gossip world today because there's a new trailer out for her documentary that's called Dancing with the Devil. Um, and wow, she goes into a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, she talks about how she was uh, assaulted. Uh, when she was 15 years old, uh, we don't know exactly the person who perpetrated the assault, and she doesn't reveal that. But she did go on to say that this person wasn't taken out of the movie they were in. So concerned about that. There's also talk that if you remember, she overdosed, and that was a huge story. We didn't know if she was going to make it through. Evidently, she was uh, spending the night hanging out with her drug dealer, who uh, basically ended up uh, taking advantage of her that night. She was left basically laying there to just see if she lived or died. Nobody really knew how that was going to work out. 
Uh, she wasn't able to see when she came to. I mean, just a really Gosh. tragic story. Yeah. Uh, and again, she's going to be very vulnerable in this documentary. The documentary is called Dancing with the Devil. And I thought I'd give you a little sneak peek at some of the some of the sounds from this here this morning. This is Demi Lovato's documentary. Demi's good at making you believe that she's okay. Demi is very good at hiding what she needs to hide. I crossed a line that I had never crossed. Are we talking about heroin? Are we doing that? This was the best show you have ever done. It's just only going to get better from here. Yeah. I have snapped. What's the address of the emergency? TMZ reports the second Is she alive? People are gasping. Her oxygen levels are dangerously low. I said, what do you mean if she's going to make it? You're watching all of her blood come out of her body into a machine. She was like, I can't, I can't see. I can't see anything. I had three strokes. I had a heart attack. My doctors said that I had five to ten more minutes. Now, more than ever, she's taken hold of that power. I'm rebirthing. I'm starting over. I'm engaged. I've really struggled with this. Are you entirely sober now? I've had a lot of lives. Like, my cat, you know, I'm on my ninth life. I'm ready to get back to doing what I love, which is making music. I'm not living Man, it's a wild trailer, and it's brutally honest. If you want to check it out, just search Demi Lovato on YouTube, and you can watch it again. It's Dancing with the Devil, the official documentary chronicling the life of Demi Lovato. Gotcha gossip on the royal family fallout. So since the big interview with Meghan Markle, Oprah Winfrey, Prince Harry, there's been a lot of questions like, has Prince Harry talked to his the royal family? Like, mm-hmm. have they spoken? Well, Prince Harry has spoken to his brother, Prince William, and his father, Prince Charles, but apparently it didn't go too well. Sources say that it's good that they've started the conversation, but it wasn't productive. Also, apparently no one in the royal family has spoken directly with Meghan Markle yet since the big interview, which, I mean, that's not surprising, I guess. I mean, what do you say to her? Hey, just want to check and see how you're doing. Thanks for what you said. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it is brutal. Anyway, so there's probably more that's going to come out with that. But Prince Harry has talked to his brother, you know, and his father. So there you go. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Trying to rebuild that relationship mm-hmm. that was torn down with the uh, the interview with yeah. Oprah. All right. Got your gossip on Chrissy Teigen. If you follow her, you know she was uh, well, trying to have a little bit of a good time <laughs> when her two-year-old son, Miles, walked into the bathroom and caught her trying to take some photos for her husband. Oh, no. Yeah. The caption is, please move. Mommy is trying to be thirsty. <laughs> So she was dressed up, trying to look all cute and stuff like that. I'm assuming these are for John Legend and not for a publication. When Miles walked in, he's wearing his Lightning McQueen shirt. And in the Instagram photo, he has approached Mommy while she's not wearing a whole lot. Right. Awkward moment right there for Chrissy Teigen. If you follow her on social media, I would assume you've already seen that photo. Gotcha gossip on Katy Perry. So she and her fiance, Orlando Bloom, fueled the rumor that they were secretly married. Now, I didn't know this, but apparently they're in Hawaii, Brandon. Oh, come on. And uh, Katy was spotted wearing a gold ring yesterday. So they were seen walking together after a quick coffee stop with their family while on vacation. And in her right hand, she's got a drink, while in the other hand, you see very clearly a gold band. Now, there's been two different times they were supposed to get married. They were supposed to get married back in 2019, and something happened, and then 2020, and then, of course, COVID hit, all that kind of stuff. So it definitely wouldn't surprise me if they were secretly married. Sure. But no one has, like, you know, confirmed. 
All right, there you go. And of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we got you gossip. Brandon Baxter in the morning. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. Good morning, Brandon. No Baxter. Good morning, Kelly O'Perry. It is very good to see you today. Yes. I'm really... I love green. Vaughn. Dude. <laughs> Could you, we need to work on the Irish accents. If yeah. Our friend that. David's really good at the Irish accent. Yeah, he's got nothing else to do. Right. I got other stuff to do. <laughs> Did you see the TikTok where the woman was saying that uh, we're sitting on the toilet wrong? What? Yeah, she thinks that uh, the best way to sit on the toilet is to face the, the back of the toilet. That way you have an armrest and you can kind of <laughs> relax. It's disgusting, right? Did your son ever do that? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I have one. I have one, and I will not name names that oh, used to do yeah, that. I know which one it is. <laughs> that used to do that. I bet you don't. <laughs> oh, there's, there's no doubt. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that, that child used to do that. They don't anymore, but when they were younger, they did. I had... Uh, friend of ours used to call into the show years and years ago um she's no longer with us and, uh, was she was awesome though and we loved talking to her and she told us one time that she would sit there on the toilet and she would face the opposite way she would face the tank and do crossword puzzles uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> i was also no. told i was also told and you just tell me if this Brandon. is bad it's also a good tray, like if you have to go to the bathroom and want to take some food. That's the that's the most disgusting thing ever. Cheese platter. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. But the TikTok, that TikTok is a trending thing this morning. What if anybody would admit that? There's nobody who'd admit Surely that. Surely right? somebody. She did. Yeah, but. She's admitting it. No, I know. But I don't think anybody else in their right mind would do You're that. curious if one of your friends does that. Yeah, especially if they're in this room. No! I'm just asking. Stop getting so angry about it. (laughs) But that's on TikTok. That's one of the great things about TikTok. You have great advice, like sit and face the opposite way. So no, I've never tried it. Never really thought about trying it. I don't know if it's designed for that. Is today the day for you? I don't think so. (laughs) Like, what if you miss? You know, you're used to... Anyway, let's get past that. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. There's a 50-year-old woman named Laura who's the assistant principal at an elementary school in Cantonment, Florida. And her 17-year-old daughter is a student at the local high school. Well, back in October, her daughter was crowned homecoming queen. But something was off. And when the school district contacted the police, they ran an investigation. They found someone had accessed hundreds of students' online accounts from the same IP address to vote for the daughter for Homecoming Queen. They then figured out what had happened. Laura and her daughter used Laura's access to the district's computer systems to get the into those accounts and cast the votes for her no. to win Homecoming Queen. No, no, This no. is completely real. Those accounts have also uh, students' grades, medical information, personal information, and more. So Laura and her daughter were both arrested on felony charges of offensive, uh, offenses against computer systems, unlawful use of a communications device, and criminal use of personal personally identifiable information. Oh my god. Yeah. But speaking of hacking into computer systems, how does a hacker who happens to also be a vampire kill its victims? Ooh, I have no idea how. With a killer bite. 
and there's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Well, 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 time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, March the 17th of 2021. Local birthdays, local celebrities, here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Garrett Fry, who's turning 30 years old today. Sylvia Tansel of Jonesboro celebrates. Timothy Mitchell, Jenna Zane. Of Jonesboro, Bobby happy Hamilton, birthday, happy birthday. Happy Amy Finley birthday, of Jonesboro celebrates today. Eric Anderson. We have Lindsay Harris Jordan celebrating. Barb McClarty. Gosh, try that again. Bob McClarty celebrates a birthday. Jeremy Parnell of Jonesboro celebrating a birthday today. So happy birthday. And Jasmine Murphy of Nettleton High School is turning 17. And if you have a birthday today, We say this, we say happy birthday to all y'all and you celebrate with these celebrities. John Boyega is 29, that's Finn in the new Star Wars movies. Jose is 31, you know them from this song right here. That's a big song, happy birthday. Coco is 42. That's Ice-T's wife. Yeah, I know who she is. How do you remember her? Uh, a couple things. Billy Corgan is 54. So dumb. Why do you set me up for that? That is so dumb. <laughs> uh, he is from Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, let's just get past that. Can I pretend? That's all like you that there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Did you know Billy Corgan actually owns a wrestling company as well? I did not. Yes, the NWA, the old NWA. He's bought it. So, big wrestling fan. Billy Corgan, 54 years old today. Rob Lowe, who has to be a vampire, is 57. He's never changed. What happens? How does that happen? I don't know. Uh, Gary... Oh, help me. No. Oh. You get the first crack. Sinise. Close, Sinise. Oh, okay. Sinise is 66. I know who he is. Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump. There you go. Kurt Russell is 70. You know him from Tombstone and Santa in the Christmas Chronicles. Yeah, and he's also uh, the boyfriend of Goldie Hawn. Yep. And Patrick Duffy is 72. He's from Dallas and Step by Step. And Kiefer Thompson is 45. You know him from Thompson Square. Are you gonna kiss me or not? Boom! Come on now. Are we gonna do this or why? I think you know I like you a lot. And you're about to miss your shot. Are you gonna kiss me or not? Kiefer Thompson turning 45 today from Thompson Square. Thing that I ever had. Except for that long one after that, and I knew if I wanted 
this thing to last Sooner or later I'd have to ask for your hand So I took a chance, bought a wedding band And got down on one knee And you smiled and said One more time Are you, you gonna, gonna kiss me or not? Oh yeah Are we gonna do this so why? Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Kiefer Thompson of Thompson Square, who turns 45 today. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Today is St. Patrick's Day, so we shall celebrate. That is not Uh. it. That's my (laughs) party music. How about that? Is that better? I'm trying to think of what I can say. We've just been saying top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you, everybody. It's the only thing we know how to say. Thanks for having us on your show today. My name is Brandon O'Baxter. She is Kelly O'Perry. My my accent, my... Brandon O'Baxter in the morning It kind of, uh, it goes too far, doesn't it? I think so. So, green beer today, corned beef today. Cabbage. Uh, cabbage, all that stuff today. So I was looking up some of the biggest artists who were of Irish descent, right? Some mm-hmm. of the most impactful people in music. What about Bono? You too? Yep. Want to do some Bono and you too? Got that one, St. Patrick's Day. With or without you, I can't live. With or without you, you two on St. Patrick's Day. Sinead O'Connor was of Irish descent. I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. But nothing, I said nothing can take away these blues. Cause nothing compares. Nothing compares to you. That's a big one, right? Van Snow Patrol, Irish descent. If I lay here, if I just lay here, would you lie with me and just forget the world? Forget what we're told before we get to. Do you remember the band The Script, Irish Descent? Heartbreaks, no, it don't break even, even, no. What am I supposed to do when the best part of me was always human? What am I supposed to say when I'm all choked up and you're okay? The 
Cranberries of Irish descent on St. Patrick's Day. She thinks she's alone. This is about you. Ed Sheeran, Irish descent. Place your head on my beating heart. Brandon, I don't I'm not Thinking sure about that one. I think he is. Maybe no. Irish descent, right? I don't. Place oh, your head What? I think he's from the UK. Uh-huh. I mean, I like Ed Sheeran and everything, but um, I think he's from the UK. That's what I said. A lot of people think he's Irish, but he's not. Oh, that's what you said. That's what I said. Okay. Also, Thin Lizzy. Just a reminder, Ed Sheeran is not our. <laughs> I said. Connor McGregor. Yeah. I don't think he has a song, though. I don't know. Enjoy St. Patrick's Day. We're going to watch the weather for you throughout the day today as well. It kind of rains on the parade of St. Patrick's Day a little bit, but we got to be careful today. You know that chick that used to dance a lot? Every night she'd be on the floor shaking what she'd got. Man, when I tell you she was cool, she was red hot. I mean, she was steaming. And that time over at Johnny's place. Yeah. Well, this chick got up and she slapped Johnny's face. Huh? Man, oh, yeah. we just fell about the place. If that chick don't want to know, forget her. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. I said, the boys are back in town. St. Patrick's Day. It's all right. It's, it's all right. right, it's all right She moves in mysterious ways It's all right, Back to YouTube for it's all right, all right She moves in mysterious ways I wonder if I have any Irish in me. Do I look Irish? Maybe a little bit. be a little bit Irish today. Celebrating St. Patrick's Day. If you haven't seen our St. Patrick's Day post, this moron convinced me to put on a stupid looking hat thing. It's not a hat. And now I go through, I look at these different people who have seen this post. And it embarrasses you. Yeah, I'm like, why did I post it? Because it looks dumb. Imagine like Mickey Mouse bunny ears, but in the form of a St. Patrick's Day bow. You're just in the spirit of St. Patty's Day. That's all. On a bald head. That's she's what over makes here. it funny. All she's wearing is just a, a stupid t-shirt. I'm and the so one all decked out. I'm wearing earrings, like clover earrings. How about that? But Brandon has on a bow. Yeah, you can check it out. And uh, it might not stay up for long just because it is kind of embarrassing. And I think about all of like my wrestling friends who might see this. And it's fine. Our artist friends. I'll be like, wait, what are you doing? It's fine. That's Kelly's idea.
<laughs> do you do everything she says? If she nope. said to go and jump off the roof, would you jump off the roof? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brandon Baxter in the morning. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, This is Country Music News on Brandon Baxter in the Morning. So Blake Shelton has teamed up with the Grand Ole Opry to help run the Circle Network for something called Spring Blake. So Blake was uh, basically, he's going to take over the network with an entire day of Blake-themed episodes with lots of performances from different stars. So we're talking about stars like Runaway June, Kanan Smith, Craig Morgan, Luke Combs, Bellamy Brothers, and there's going to be more performances uh, that they're going to re-air with Dustin Lynch and Trace... uh, Atkins, but soon we're going to be able to access the Circle's Country Network because eventually it's going to be available on Peacock. Oh, sweet! Yeah. So Blake Shelton, Spring Blake, taking over the network. I can see him doing that. That's fun. Hey, Jimmy Allen is talking about his relationship with Morgan Wallen. So you know Jimmy Allen from this song right here. When you smile, I see the sun sink down on the coast out of California, and, and this song right here. What's your name? What's your drink? So Jimmy Allen says that after Morgan Wallen made his racially insensitive comments that he had the option to go to social media and blast them and be negative Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, just basically tell people what he thought. Or he could pick up the phone and call Morgan Wallen and have a really honest and brutally honest discussion. And that's what he decided to do. He said the only way you can change things and change the course of history is to attack it Basically, head first, go right there to the source. And he says in that conversation that uh, there was a lot of talk about alcohol and how alcohol led to bad decisions mm-hmm. in the life of Morgan Wallen. And Jimmy Allen was there to help kind of talk him through that process. So as we see Morgan Wallen try to get better, try to make amends, it's kind of cool to see that Jimmy Allen's coming out to say, hey, man, I wanted to reach out and do my part to help. So Luke Bryan and his family have been uh, basically on spring break in the mountains. It looks like from social media they're having a great time, even though Luke had this huge wipeout moment. And it kind of reminded me of, you know, you have a wipeout moment Uh, when you were sledding and you fall backwards. Well, this was captured. Of course, you can see at Caroline's latest Instagram post. You see, basically you see and you just hear him taking a... a fall. He's skiing with his youngest son. Um, if you want to see it, you can go to Caroline Bryan's Instagram Instagram account. But I mean, when you see someone fall from skiing, it's always fun. No, it always is funny. Why is it funny? Like I don't know, but so, it is. Anyway, that's up. Also news, if you are uh, listening to us in Texas, and I know we have quite a few mm-hmm. listeners in the Texas area, uh, there's a big virtual benefit called We're Texas. It's going to be happening on March the 24th, 7 o'clock where they're bringing some of Texas' biggest artists together to raise money for the state, which was so heavily impacted by the snowstorm and Mm -hmm. the electrical issues that happened in the state of Texas. So who all is involved from Texas? Well, you got to talk about the king. And Emmy Lou got caught passing me a note Before the teacher took it, I read what she wrote Do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? And if you do, George Strait's going to be a part of it. So is Kelly Clarkson. Doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. 
Texas, too. Hey, Khalid's going to be a part of this. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Talk about where we're going before we get lost. Let me kind of cool too because post malone's going to be a part of this texas benefit what about willie just can't wait to get on the road again the life she loves is making music with my friends all hosted by Matthew McConaughey and his wife. So that should be fun. Again, March 21st, it's called We're Texas, a virtual benefit. Oh, by the way, Lindale, Texas' own is going to be there representing country, too. I'm a Texas benefits the Just Keep Living Texas Relief Fund. Again, that's going to be March 21st. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show. Brandon Baxter in the morning. <laughs> All right, top of the morning to you. It is Brandon O. Baxter, Kelly O. Perry, live on your O radio today. We have our good friend, Dr. Shano Spites. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to give him his name. He is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine. He joins us this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families Inc. Counseling Services. Dr. Spites, happy St. Patrick's Day. Top of the morning to you. Yes! He is so excited. You just said that. How are you this morning, man? I'm doing well, doing well. Exciting news from the governor yesterday. So uh, big news for the state. No, and that's the reason I wanted to get you on. You know, you've really been an expert to us talking about COVID-19, the effects. And really, since the very beginning, we learned so much about COVID from you and everything you said. I've talked to my wife about this a million times. Uh, Based on the data and the research that you and your team have done, I mean, I hate to say you predicted it, but you knew the course this was going to take, and and basically COVID lived the course you thought, and here we are starting to see numbers that seem a little more manageable as we enter March. Well, and I don't want to say that there were, let me be clear, there wasn't some crystal ball we looked into. A lot of this stuff, when you go back in history, and we look at pandemics from a historical standpoint, and we look at even some in in the recent history, some of this, you know, you try to predict different patterns. It really was unpredictable. It really was. We're happy that it's kind of following this path in terms of the fact that we're starting to see such a decrease in cases. We're seeing this big downward slope after the holidays. Um, and, and hopefully right now the projections are that will continue into the spring and the summer. The question mark we have is, are we expecting something to come back in the fall? Right. So do you think as we as we look at COVID, and obviously it's going to be a word that those of us who live through it will never forget, is this the pandemic of our lifetime? You know, it's, that's really hard to say. That's a great question, by the way. It's really hard to say. My gut tells me it is. My gut tells me that it is because we, we advanced forward um, in so many different areas of technology in terms of testing, in terms of you just, you know, um, manufacturing medications. You know, you talk about the... Um, we talk about the vaccines, and I don't want to be clear about this. They, they, you hear about the vaccines were rushed. The vaccines themselves weren't rushed. 
Um, the technology itself was being studied back in the 90s. We were, we were doing animal studies and human studies even back then. So we had a lot of that data already. It hadn't been used in large-scale vaccination. That's true. And that was really the jump that was made. And so when you're in the middle of a pandemic, all of a sudden now when you submit something like to the FDA for approval, instead of it taking six months, they're like, uh, yeah, we'll look at that next week. That's kind of right. the way it happens, which is really what you want to have happen. Uh, so in terms of the, the actual technology itself, that wasn't really sped up, so to speak. It was just it happened. The timing was, was actually well because one of the companies was working on a SARS vaccine when we had the uh, pandemic hit us. So as we look at the numbers, let's kind of look at, at where we're going number-wise. We knew the peak and probably the biggest peak of the pandemic was going to come post-holidays. We have, we've gone through that. Uh, many people affected. Many people were, I mean, you hate to say hospitalized, and even some people lost their lives. Uh, but as we look here, March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, what do the numbers look like, not necessarily nationwide, but here at home in the state of Arkansas? So here in the state of Arkansas, for the last 14 days, we've seen a 43% drop in the number of cases. Wow! Right now, our average cases are about 400 cases a day. Our seven-day average is about 300 cases, so we continue to see a decline. We've um, Our number of hospitalized has dropped almost 50% in the last 15 days. Now, one thing was we did see back in the early part of March, at the end of February, we saw an uptick in, in the number of deaths. That was kind of expected. Remember, we've talked about this before. You're going to see the deaths occur, you know, several weeks or more, like, you know, four to six weeks after you have a high number of cases. And we had a little spike in cases the first of February. So that's where that's where that came from. Overall, the numbers are great. Um, they really and they continue to trend in the right direction. Dr. Shane Spites joins us this morning. Uh, one of the things I've noticed, and I think, and I don't know if you see this because obviously you're working on data and research and speaking with other doctors and professionals all the time, but from my point of view, my perspective, it seems to me that uh, part of the population has somewhat possibly let their guard down. Yeah, I, and I think that's easy to do. I mean, I don't know that I blame them. People are like, I mean, they're hearing me saying, hey, cases are down, we're moving the right direction, things are great. You hear the CDC came out last week and said, hey, look, if you're vaccinated and you're around people that are vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Right. You don't have to socially distance. And I mean, which is great news for people that are, you know, that are vaccinated. But you're right. It can sometimes send the wrong message. The virus isn't gone. I mean, we're still having I can't believe we're saying this. We only have 400 cases a day. I mean, right. you know, back <laughs> last spring, we were we were it was like, you know, 40 cases a day or 30 right. cases a day. And so now here we're almost celebrating, you know, everything's relative. We're celebrating 400 cases a day, but that's still a lot of people getting sick. Um, as the vaccine continues to roll out, hopefully those numbers will keep going down. So about a week or a week and a half ago, we did a social media post just to kind of gauge the audience. And we were asking because there was all the talk about Texas and they were, you know, changing some of the mask mandates and the gatherings and stuff like that. We were asking what our audience thought about Arkansas, you know, eventually doing that as well. And it seemed like the resounding number of people, I would say 70%, were saying, hey, no, get rid of the masks. Let's go ahead and move past and open everything back up 100%. From from somebody who yeah. studies this on a daily basis, what do you think about that? Is that rushing it, or are we just about at that point, or could we do that safely now? So, it, first of all, it doesn't surprise me. That result doesn't surprise me at all. I mean – I hear this from my own family. Hey, Dad, we're tired of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I get it, kids, but you know, mm -hmm. here's the way this works. So we continue to see this downward trend. We're in a great place. We continue to move in a great place. 
certainly from the scientific side, the last thing you want to do is pull the trigger too soon and say, hey, yeah, you're right. You know, let's let's just go back to normal. Then all of a sudden you see this big spike and they turn around and say, well, Dr. Spikes, why didn't you, why didn't you see this coming? <laughs> the, truth, the, truth, the truth is you will see you will see more spread if all of a sudden people let their guard down, stop social distancing, especially those that are unvaccinated. And that's really what I'm talking about now. The more and more data comes out on people that are vaccinated, really, those people are good. I mean, those people are really good. The, the numbers in terms of people that actually can, that are vaccinated, that actually get infected is low. And then in terms of transmitting it or actually ending up in the hospital or worse, it's just almost nothing. Like the chance is almost zero. It's just, wow. it's great data coming out for people that are vaccinated. And that's why we're really encouraging people to get vaccinated because that's, that's really what's going to give you your freedom is getting that vaccine. You want to take off that mask, get vaccinated. Um, and again, the CDC says you can do that now. So I think right now it may be, a little, I know the governor's talking about the end of March. Um, I think that'll probably happen. I think the end of March, wow. he will, um, he will back off the mask mandate. I actually, I fully expect that to happen unless something crazy changes and, and it could, but right now, if it continues the trend, I think he'll do that. Um, you know, I still think that you ought to wear masks when you're around people that are unvaccinated. Um, and I think when you're in large groups, especially large enclosed groups. I still think it's a good idea, um, but it's going to continue to wane. Certainly into the summertime, I don't. I doubt we'll see much of it um, at that point. What do you think about the images of the people who have gone out to Florida on spring break, where this UK variant has already been seen, but there's you know thousands upon thousands of people on the beach, out in the sunlight, wearing their bathing suits and no masks? What do you think about that? Yeah. So so here's the thing. I'm glad you two things you brought up, which I'm glad you did. The U.K. variant, and right now there's two states that have the largest amount of that, and one of them is Florida that you mentioned. The other one is Michigan. Those are the states with the two highest numbers of the U.K. variant. And we're kind of watching those states to see what's going to happen, to see if it really blows up there. The people that are at highest risk of that are people that are unvaccinated. Um, right now the current vaccines cover the U.K. variant, um, which is great news. And so really the people at higher risk are the ones that hadn't been vaccinated and haven't gotten COVID. Their risk of getting the U.K. variant and spreading it rapidly um, is a big deal. When you talk about spreading the virus itself, right now, obviously, we know a lot more than we did last year. It's not easy to spread the virus outside. Okay. It's just not. It's not. I mean, when you're outside and there's you know, wind blowing and there's sunshine, it's just not easily spread. And we really haven't seen these huge outbreaks of, of, um, of viral spread in outdoor events. Um, and so... I'm not going to say those are safe. I'm going to say that I would I would rather hear about people gathering outside in open air um, events as opposed to a crowded um, you know conference room or something like that. That's where you're going to see more viral spread. Does that make sense? No, it does. Mm-hmm. So, do you think most of the spread that we've seen over the course of the last year has been from inside families and in the office? Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, and the CDC has actually done studies on that. We'll have more research come out, obviously post pandemic. But you're exactly right that um, any large gatherings that were enclosed certainly dramatically increased the risk of, of uh, spreading the disease, um, depending on what the airflow was like in those areas. Uh, but yes, spread at home. If I were to bring it home, I'm, I'm going to likely spread it to everybody in my household uh, just because we're in such close contact. And so household spread was very significant throughout the pandemic. Dr. Shane Spites joins us on the phone this morning talking all things COVID-19 and the vaccine. Uh, let's talk to people who are, because there are people who are against the vaccine, who don't think that they want to take it. What would you say to those people this morning who are kind of either on the fence or saying they don't want the vaccine? You know, 
I get it. And and people, you know, and that's not new. <clears throat> I've had patients in my practice before who, for whatever reason, didn't want this vaccine or want that vaccine. You know, you can lead a horse to water. It's kind of what I think. Right. You know, do the best that you can to educate. But this is why I think it's important. This is why I get vaccinated. This is why my family gets vaccinated. This is why I encourage vaccines and kind of talk about the the evidence and the historical information that occurs. And this is why we do it. At the end of the day, people make their own decision. Right. Um, but the truth is, if you want to get out there and be free and do what you want to and not have to worry about uh, getting sick with a, you know, a UK variant or something like that or any of these other variants that happen, vaccine's the answer. It really is. Um, and if you want to be able to travel and not worry about it you know, this summer or this spring break and all that, the answer is vaccine. Right. Um, I don't think we'll get to the point here in the U.S., by the way, where you have to show vaccine status to be able to travel. However, you will have to have that when you travel internationally. We're already seeing countries that are requiring vaccination status if you're going to travel to other countries. Now, you're not traveling outside the U.S., you're not worried about it. You know, I get it, no big deal. I don't think we will. I'm pretty sure we won't see that here in the U.S. What about the people concerned about potential side effects? That seems to be the one thing. Oh, my gosh, what if I end up getting COVID because I got the vaccine? So the vaccines don't give you COVID. Like it's, it's actually, it's, it's scientifically impossible. And I, and I, I can rarely say that about anything, right. but it's scientifically impossible for the vaccine, the current vaccine to give you COVID. Like it just, that's not the way it works. It doesn't happen. It's just, it, it's impossible to do that. Um, the vaccines themselves, yes, you, you may have some side effects and that's because your immune system is responding. It's doing what it's supposed to. Your immune system saying, hey, I don't recognize that. I don't like it. I'm going to create memory cells. I'm going to get mad at it. So the next time I see it, I can obliterate it. That's what you want to have happen. The vast majority, 80 to 90 percent of the symptoms that you may have will occur within the first 24 to 36 hours after the vaccine. Uh, so these these things about, oh, it may do this, you know, a year from now, or we don't see that with vaccines. It just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. Historically, we don't have vaccines that all of a sudden you have something that crops up, you know, a month or two later. The only caveat I'll say to that is on the Moderna vaccine, there is a known um, side effect on the, sh- the place where you get the injection that about 10 to 14 days afterwards, you can have a, a reddened area that almost looks like it's infection. It's not. It's actually part. That's actually a side effect of the vaccine. And that's something that kind of cropped up. It seems to be specific to the Moderna vaccine. Moderna is not about a big vaccine. Don't take it the wrong way. That's just a side effect that seems to be noticed with them. So people shouldn't be too alarmed if you happen to see a reddened area at the site of injection 10 to 14 days after that. So as we look at Arkansas, we've moved into phase 1C of the COVID vaccine. Uh, This opens it up to a whole lot more people who are able to get vaccinated. Um, What should people do to know if they fit into one of those groups? Because at this point, we've heard so many different things and so many different people that are eligible to go get vaccinated. Is there a spot to go to to see, hey, do I fit into one of these categories? Yeah, absolutely. The best place to go is to the Arkansas Department of Health website. And that is healthy.arkansas.gov. And you can actually have a link there. You can go straight to, and it says basically who's getting vaccinated now on the website or on the webpage. Right. And it, it, it details out 1C. And it's a slew of people. And if you don't think you qualify, I encourage you to go look because you very well may. People in finance, food service, legal, media, human health service, public safety, transportation, logistics. I mean, there's a whole list of, of groups that are now eligible for the vaccine. Um, and you're going to see lots of vaccine clinics around. You're going to see the hospitals doing lots of vaccine clinics. We at NYIT are going to be going out to the communities doing some vaccination efforts over the next several weeks. You're going to see more and more of this 
um, out there. So I really encourage people to get vaccinated uh, and check check that website. So I was looking at the information that you guys have with NYIT, uh, and we're seeing the Delta Caravan program where the vaccines are going to be free, and it's all thanks to a grant that NYIT.com received from the Arkansas Minority Health Commission. Uh, you guys are going to be traveling to a bunch of different areas hoping to get people vaccinated. Uh, where can they get that information? Absolutely. So we've got that on our Facebook page. We posted it there um, on our Facebook page. We did send out uh, a media announcement. Um, but all of our social media outlets, our Facebook, our uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, we have it um, on all of those. Um, anybody that's interested, uh, in, and then we're going to be going to Marvel, Elaine, Pocahontas, Osceola, Blavel, Wynn, West Memphis, really trying to hit some of these areas that maybe yet hadn't had a lot of vaccine, but we're looking at other areas as well. Uh, but we've got a phone number you can call and find out uh, if we're coming to your area. That's 870 8880. Um, and we, we can get you scheduled for an appointment if you're in one of those areas. So for instance, with, uh, with us, Kelly and I both are a part of the media. Uh, if we were to go and get vaccinated, do we just choose a place that we want to go? And do we just provide some type of identification? How do we prove that we fit into one of the phases? You know, that's been a good question. The governor got that yesterday, and, 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 I, and he answered it really the same way that we answered it whenever we did our um, community vaccination uh, clinic at the First National Bank Arena. It's because of the number of people that want to be vaccinated, to be honest with you, it's impossible for me to say, okay, Brandon, I'm going to need to call your employer and I'm going to need to verify that you really are an employee, uh, you know, with a media outlet, you know, that sort of thing. So it's kind of on the honor system because you get thousands of people coming through. But what it is is you'll fill out a form and it'll, you'll say uh, basically, you know, what your occupation is and what business that you work for, you're affiliated with. And then that right there tells the, um, the processing group which category you're in. So at this point, but they're not going to. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was say they're not going to be checking your ID, saying, "Hey, show me your show me your K Fine membership." You have a K Fine membership badge? You have a badge? Yeah, we we do have a media pass. Yeah, you sure. We do. <laughs> oh yeah, see there. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think we'll ask for that. So if I were to want to go and get it and and get it as soon as today or tomorrow, uh, what's the best way to figure out where I go? Because I know a lot of different people are, are offering programs and stuff like that. How do I know where? What's the best way to figure that out? So a lot of the pharmacies in town, obviously, are still offering it. Um, I know, I know for a fact, St. Bernard's Medical Center they have a they have a website, a form you can actually just go fill out online, and they'll call you and say, "Hey, here's your appointment." Um, the um, there's a one eight hundred hotline that um, that the state of Arkansas has that actually can help you uh, in terms of locating vaccination locations, um, and actually that's on their website as well. You can go to the Arkansas again back to the healthy.arkansas.gov. You can go to their website. There's a Google map that pops up, and it actually shows you the vaccination locations in your area. Man, it's such a it's such a great time to be able to talk to you because we talked to you so early in this that you didn't have much good news, and now at least we have a, this hint of good news and and the numbers dropping. And I think it's such a positive time now to have you on the radio with us. Uh, well, appreciate you guys having me. Like this is this is certainly finally we're able to pass along really good news. Um, I mean, the vaccine's good news, the fact that it's rolling out. We've got, um, actually, even we're on the hint uh, of getting some uh, of a medication by mouth that oh, hopefully wow. will be available this fall. It's almost, it's kind of like the Tamiflu for COVID, yep. and that's going to be huge. And so the, the preliminary data just came out last week about that. It looks really good about stopping the virus from reproducing uh, if you take that. So a lot of good stuff on the COVID front. And again, if you want to find out more, you can go to nyit.com. 
uh, AR on Facebook. That information is there. We'll also share that to make it real easy for you to find on our social media. And again, Dr. Shane Spites joins us this morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day, man. Happy St. Patrick's Day, guys. Hey, you guys stay safe today, okay? All right, man. Have a great morning. Take care. Dr. Shane Spites, the dean of the NYIT College at Arkansas State University on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Top of the morning to you. It's Brandon O'Baxter, Kelly O'Perry on the K-Fino Breakfast Club. Oh. <laughs> that doesn't work, does it? Yeah, no. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Obviously, we, we have St. Patrick's Day to celebrate today. But before we can do all of the celebrating, we wanted to check in with the staff meteorologist from K-Fine and East Arkansas Broadcasters, Sarah Tipton. Proud to have her on the team, especially on a day like this. Sarah, this is a day that you study for to keep people informed, and it looks like we're going to have a busy day. It is already shaping up to be busy. You know, we've got a tornado watch to our south. Um, Yesterday, the big focus for the morning was, you know, getting the people prepared that are south of Interstate 40, especially in the southern half. Arkansas going into West Mississippi, and that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing these elevated thunderstorms form that can produce really large hail and some strong gusty winds that can mix down to the surface and and provide that straight line um, damage, and also a few tornado warnings that we've seen sporadically throughout the morning. So here's what we're going to see. As we get closer to lunchtime, there is going to be a lull in the weather. Hmm. You think that's going to be great. But it's not, because if the clouds clear out, if the sun comes out in any form anywhere across the Mid-South, that actually recharges the atmosphere. We have a lot of instability in place, a really strong upper-level system that has ejected out of the four corners. It's moving across Oklahoma and moving into Arkansas. That's meeting with the warm front lifting north, bringing warm, moist, unstable air, and then a cold front that is pushing out ahead of um, that upper-level disturbance to our west. As all of that meets up this afternoon, when the sun, if the sun comes out, we could see some strong to severe um, supercells developing. Now, this is not, how do I phrase this? Okay, so we have all of the ingredients to make a great severe weather day. However, if one or two ingredients are slightly off by measurement, then it could be a bust. Right. And let's hope that happens. However, any storm that forms today does have the potential to produce a tornado. Not everybody is going to see severe weather, but anything that forms could be serious. So we just, when in the weather world, when it comes to days like this, we want everybody to be aware. So that way, nobody can have the right to say, well, I didn't know about it. There was storms came with no warning. We've been talking about this for three or four days about how potentially serious um, today could be. Um, The worst will be in central Mississippi and West Alabama. However, northeast Arkansas, um, central Arkansas, southern Arkansas will experience some pretty nasty weather today as well. So when we look and we see that uh, we have the enhanced risk of severe storms, how many times in a season do we typically get to the level of enhanced? Because, I mean, here we are, we're just now kicking off the severe weather season, and it looks like we could be kicking it off with a bang. So some of the um, climatology 
data that I looked over earlier this week. Um, we generally here in Northeast Arkansas, based on like a point forecast and point historical data, have about five of these days a year. And that's based on mm, 87 to 2011. That does not include the last 10 years. Um, so, you know, and not all of those five days are successful in terms of severe weather happening. Um, So we we see, you know, about a week's worth of this weather mixed between the spring and the fall. So if we get done with it, like, because my thought is, man, if we just knock it out today, then, you know, it seems like there's less chance as we go throughout the rest of the the year. The atmosphere doesn't work that way. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) So we're going to watch this throughout the day. And and the great thing is with you on staff here is that you're going to be here throughout the day to give us the best information we possibly could have uh, to share with such a vast number of people all across the listening area on all of the East Arkansas broadcaster stations. So uh, as I said to you earlier, this is your time to shine today because uh, obviously we're going to turn to you and say, Hey, help us out and help us educate people. Oh, thanks. That that puts a lot of pressure on my shoulders. Just a little bit. One we'll- more thing as, as somebody who has studied this, right? This is your job and, and you've done uh, weather on television as well. In a storm situation, especially when you look back and say, okay, a year ago, almost a year ago, we had a tornado that impacted the city of Jonesboro directly. Then the next week, it was Harrisburg that was impacted directly. Uh, As a meteorologist and somebody who tracks storms, does stormy weather make you nervous? Because I know there's a lot of people who are a little little amped up today with their nerves. As as somebody who works in this for a living, uh, does this kind of stuff make you nervous? You know, it makes me nervous. Because I know the potential damage that could happen, um, it, I'm not scared of the storm. So it's actually one of the reasons why I became a meteorologist, um, to learn more about the why the storms form and how um, they're necessary for the atmosphere to transfer energy during the season's change. Um, so it doesn't scare me. It doesn't make me nervous because there's a storm in my backyard. It makes me nervous because... I care for the people who are in our state, who are in this region, um, and I don't want to see anybody hurt. Um, I don't want to see loss of life. I want everybody to really be weather aware today, um, so that way we can be very blessed and very lucky and minimize not necessarily damage, but injury to people. So you have a little one at home. His name is Jeb, and uh, you know, many of us have kids and they're going to be going to school and maybe they're getting to school right now. And the kids have heard their parents talk about it or they've heard us on the radio or they've seen it on the news and they've heard this. Uh, what would you say to comfort young people as we go into a severe weather day? Trust your adults. Trust your adults. They're going to keep you safe. They have plans in place and more than likely you will talk through it today. Um a lot of your safe rooms in your schools are much safer than where you could be at home or at work with mom or dad. You are um, in very capable hands, and your administrators, your teachers are going to take very good care of you, and they will be tracking the weather, talking to as many um weather people as they can to figure out exactly what needs to happen um, at school today. Go. Sarah Tipton on with us early this morning, and we'll continue to chat with her throughout the day. Again, staff meteorologist for East Arkansas Broadcasters. And Sarah, we appreciate your time, and it's going to be a long day, so we'll see you soon. All right. All right. Sarah Tipton on the K Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. 
All right, the K Fine Breakfast Club is powered by Families O Inc. Counseling Services. <laughs> what? Nice. Kind of work. St. Uh-huh. Patrick's Day. Thanks for having us on this morning. We'll continue to watch the weather as we go throughout the day. And again, Sarah Tipton will join us uh, throughout the day. We currently have on the line with us Jeremy O'Biggs of Casa. Jeremy O'Biggs, how are you this morning? Well, top of the morning. Yes! Yes! (laughs) You just got bonus points. (laughs) Jeremy O'Biggs sounds like chicken. Doesn't it? Chicken. Jeremy O'Biggs here? Chicken. With chicken. I don't know. Why did I think chicken? I don't know. The fried chicken report. Is that what it is? Is there a Biggs chicken? (laughs) There is. See, I knew it. My uncle, Charlie Biggs. Is oh, wow, he's in the money. <laughs> hey, we wanted to talk to you this morning because uh, we realized that Casa is about to celebrate its 25th anniversary of serving people in Northeast Arkansas, and that really, I mean, that that shows you that you have stood the test of time for a long time to help people. Yes, sir. We are very excited uh, to uh, celebrate with all of Northeast Arkansas and the. Very uh, fantastic and uh, passionate, heartfelt work that over 1,700 volunteers have put in over the last 25 years. And being a voice for more than uh, 4,600 children in foster care over that 25-year period. So we're just uh, ecstatic, like I said, and looking forward to uh, spreading the good word about court-appointed special advocates, uh, the need for more advocates, and, and how the communities we serve can and help support our organization and continue to grow to eventually serve 100% of children in foster care. So as you've gone through 25 years and looking back on the numbers, uh, foster care, what does it look like now compared to 25 years ago? Well, unfortunately, there continues to be hundreds of children enter into foster care in Northeast Arkansas annually. Uh, The numbers have uh, trended down in the last 24 months. Uh, but there's still there were still nearly 500 children in foster care in the year 2020 um, in our corner of the state. So the need is great. Last year we were only able to provide an advocate for 68 percent of those children. So we need uh, more kind-hearted, warm-hearted, caring individuals uh, that want to make a difference and truly change a child's story. Uh, really, an impact a child's life for their entire life. So this is a great wonderful opportunity uh, that anybody can get involved with no background in the legal system at all. We provide all the professional training up front and prepare you with a great foundation of knowledge to move forward and be successful in your casework. Jeremy, in a situation where a child ends up in foster care, what, uh, what does that look like as far as the range? What are the reasons that a child might end up in foster care? That's a great question. Uh, and the, the leading cause is drug or alcohol abuse. That's Uh, kind of the root cause that we see in about 80% of the cases of children that come into care. Uh, And then there's also extreme physical abuse or sexual abuse that these uh, victims of child victims of crime suffer through, uh, through no no fault of their own. So uh, they've went through a very traumatic experience in their life. They continue to go through trauma as they're in foster care because they might be placed in five or six or seven or eight different foster homes or with different relatives and have, different caseworkers come in and out of their lives uh, throughout their time and stay, which may last a couple of years in some cases, but that one constant adult presence in their life, we want that to be their CASA advocate. 
And I think stability is so important for a young person, for a young person to be able to feel safe and secure kind of in their life and, and know who to turn to. And for Casa to be able to, to be there to help in situations where that young person needs a voice, uh, I think that's so important. When, when you're looking for volunteers, what does the, if you were going to say the typical volunteer for Casa look like? Is there kind of like a certain age range? Is it a demographic, a gender, or is it really all over the place on who volunteers? We welcome anybody to our wonderful team of advocates. As long as you're 21 years of age or older and you can pass a um, national criminal background check and we run you through the child maltreatment registry check in the state of Arkansas, uh, you're good to go. And we have volunteers as young as 21 Mm -hmm. and our oldest volunteers in their upper 70s. So we have people that are retired, that are are, uh, not employed full-time. We have about... 61% 61% of our advocates are full or part-time employed. Wow. Uh, so this goes um, men, women, um, all ages. Like I said, we we really need more men. So if you're a man out there listening to us this morning, you're looking for a way to get back, give back to your community and make a difference in the life of children, call us. Give us a call and let us talk more in detail about what you becoming a CASA advocate looks like because we need more men uh, to step up and, and be there for these young these young boys in foster there. Well, I think, you know, there's so many of us who, you know, we have a soft spot for kids. And, you know, if I were to have the chance to gravitate toward going and talking to a group of adults or a group of kids, I'm going to talk to the kids every single time. Yes. Because they're so real and and they're so sweet. And to think that there's unfortunately kids, um, you know, who are going through those traumatic times and we could help those of us who, who have the ability and maybe the time, or maybe it's somebody who hasn't had children yet, or maybe it's somebody whose children have, uh, gone off to college or are out of the house and you just want to be involved in the life of a young child, CASA is a great way to do that. And Jeremy, if there is a, a way, uh, how would you tell people to go and and uh, check out more on the volunteer process? Uh, yes. So the easiest way is just to visit our website, and that is neacasa.org, neacasa.org. Uh, click on the volunteer tab. You can start your application. Or all of our contact information is on there as well and explains the roles and responsibilities of advocates, the time of commitment, which is only about two hours per week. And uh, Or you can call us at 870-333-5039. I guess the final thing, that just to kind of get some clarification, maybe somebody's hearing this this morning and they are considering, hey, that sounds like something I might like to do. What does the typical advocate do? Like, let's say, let's say I went in and said, I want to be an advocate and I go through all the background stuff. Everything checks out just fine. What do I do after that? That's a great question, Brandon. Uh, And we kind of, we have full access to that child and the family's life. So uh, we go and we, we visit the the child at least twice a month. We want you to visit with mom and dad to form a relationship with them. uh, We want you to go on home visits. We want you to Go to the foster parents' house where the children are placed to, to make sure they have all their needs are being met. Visit with a school teacher. Go watch them play their soccer game or softball game. You can have access to medical records, talk to their therapist or their counselor. You work closely with attorneys in court. You work closely with uh, Department of Children and Family Services, caseworkers and supervisors. Um, but you're that one constant presence, and you're just an independent fact gatherer for the court. And then you present your findings in the form of a court report, which is submitted as evidence at every review hearing. Again, you can find out more when you uh, search CASA. And again, hit me, that, hit me with that website one more time, Jeremy. It's 
N-E-A, as in Northeast Arkansas, N-E-A, org. All right, Jeremy Biggs joins us this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Family Zinc. And, man, congratulations to you and everybody who volunteers for CASA. 25 years of amazing work for young people in Northeast Arkansas. We appreciate the effort, man. Thank you so much, Brandon. We appreciate uh, y'all always uh, reaching out and being interested in helping us uh, grow our organization and help more children. All right, man. Happy St. Patrick's Day. You too. Jeremy O'Biggs on the K-Fine <laughs> Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. On St. Patrick's Day, we are joined on the phone this morning by O'Danny Ocapalas. <laughs> O'Danny. I think I need to stop with the O's. I'm not sure O'Danny if the... O'Danny Everything can't have an O, right? Yeah, it is your go-to today. What do you think? O'Danny is better? Yeah, sure. O'Danny Capalis? Or Danny-O. Danny-O Capalis. Anyway, whatever we call him, he's going to be on with us from the Jonesboro Parks and Recreation Department. Happy St. Patrick's Day, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. How you feeling this morning? Oh, feeling great. It's, uh, I mean, other than the, the weather that's coming in, it'd be nice to have a good 70-degree day and clear skies, but uh, Hopefully we'll get through with just rain. Hey, so the last uh, number of days, and really, you know, we've had these a couple times this year where the days have been so absolutely beautiful. Have the parks been covered up with bodies on those really pretty days? Oh, they have. Uh, You know, the trails, having the trails at Craighead Forest like we do and just seeing the folks out exercising and enjoying what we have is just, that's why we we do what we do. You make sure we have. Uh, facilities for people to get out and just enjoy nature and get exercise and, and just be able to, to to relax and and let the day go. So for somebody, let's say there's somebody who hasn't enjoyed uh, Jonesboro Park as of yet. Maybe they're brand new to the listening area or maybe they lived in a different city. What does the city have to offer with all these different parks around the area? You know, you got to start with Craighead Forest Park. Uh, Craighead Forest is a 770-acre uh, forest basically with a 60 acre lake. Uh, it's got a uh, 3.2 mile or 5k hard surface walking trail with exercise equipment. Uh, we've got a 2.5 mile chat trail that runs along the edge of the lake. There's multiple pavilions, picnic tables, uh, and then there's over 20 miles of uh, hiking and mountain biking trails throughout the, the woods. So there's there's plenty of things to do when you get to that uh, that park and just get out and enjoy and and here recently we just added a uh, an overlook there at Joe Martin Pavilion so basically it's a it's a location where uh, you can stop in if you want to have a quick uh, just a quick business lunch it's got a standing counter at the end of it so you know you grab a bag at uh, say Wendy's down the road stop in visit with a buddy open up the bag have lunch overlooking the lake. Uh, and then be on your way and just makes for a a nice little setting uh, for you to go out to one really too for for kids like you know kai loves going out there and it's Mm -hmm. different because you know early on he wanted to go out there and be a part of you know the climbing and all that different stuff and then he took his bike out last year and did the pump track Uh, it really doesn't matter the age of your kid there's going to be something they're going to enjoy out there too absolutely age of your kid uh age age of the adult it, there's something for everyone. If uh, if, if you like to, uh, you know, canoe, kayak, uh, it's a great place to get out and, and get that type of exercise also. 
So if you look, I want to say to people who haven't been in a number of years, maybe you went to like a fourth in the forest and it was back in like 2007 or 2008. That park is so much different now than it was back then. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've, we've opened that park up. Uh, you know, we've kept it natural, but we have opened it up. We've, uh, we've made it, uh, to where you can, you can access the entire facility on trails, access it with, uh, with the hard surface trail. You know, anybody can get around the entire loop on foot and feel, feel comfortable going around that park. And then just the fact of the, the maintenance out there has just completely changed. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, you know, there's, there's a pride that's out there with the, with the crew that keep it clean, keep it up, updated. And we're still constantly looking for uh, new ways to, to make it look better. Well, the last time I was out there, I ran into Kelly. She was out there chasing geese with Larry Jackson from the Parks Department. And I was like, you guys need to stop chasing the geese. I just wanted a selfie with it. Hey, I'm sure I'm sure uh, uh, Larry and the geese are more than happy to do a selfie with you. <laughs> uh, tell Larry we said hi. I sure will. Hey, spring registration. Uh, you guys have a lot of different stuff going on with the the city parks and rec department. Let's talk about kind of what's happening as we head into the really pretty weather. You know, right now we, uh, you know, the outdoor sports are the ones that are are opening up with registration. Uh, we're in the middle of our uh, indoor basketball season. We're still kind of limited on numbers. We we kept that small, just kind of uh, continue to keep the social distancing. Uh, so we're kind of in the middle of, of basketball, but registration-wise, we're, we're registering for soccer, uh, target golf. We've also got uh, baseball, softball, uh, rugby. Those sports are all up and going, uh, trying to get people to register. And you can actually go to those uh, through the uh, jonesworld.org, which is our website. We have a youth sports tab. You can click on it, and you can find just about any sport and activity that you want to get involved with. And it's just a great opportunity. We're not only looking for, uh, you know, children get involved. We're, we're looking for um, uh, adults that want to help the community grow with our sports and be able to help train these kids and just, yeah. just make sure that they're getting the best opportunity to learn these sports and fall in love with the activities that we all enjoyed when we were kids. There you go. Danny Capalis on with us this morning from the Jonesboro Parks and Recreation Department. As always, man, we appreciate the time that you give us to chat and uh, you can find out more jonesboro.org to find out more about everything the city parks and rec department has to offer. And I'm telling you, these guys have so many different uh, things going on at one single time uh, to be able to nail you down for just a second. We appreciate that, man. Uh, no, thank you so much. I appreciate y'all having me. All right. Have a great morning. Danny Capalis on the K fine breakfast club powered by families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families and Counseling Services on St. Patrick's Day. And, of course, we do Wet Nose Wednesday with Dr. Kevin Reed. He is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend, our best friend, and the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the Morning Radio program, Dr. Kevin O'Reed, on the show this morning. (laughs) What's up, Doc? Hey, how you doing? Man, we're all right. We're trying to, like, there's so many things we have to think about today. We have to think about, about St. Patrick's Day and green beer. Yeah. Have to, I mean, we, it's just part of it. We have to think about the fact we're doing the breakfast club. We have to think about the fact there's weather, and I hear a dog barking in the background. Is yeah. that is that dog nervous about the storms? I think it might be a little bit uh, kind of upset. 
Is that something that happens because, like, for my dogs, we have, like, the German Shepherds, all right, the two Cavalier dogs. One of them does okay. The other one, he, his name is Nash. He's the heavier of the two Cavaliers. He, for whatever reason, starts to freak out. And the other night, uh, there was a little bit of thunder, and I heard, bam, 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 in the house. And he somehow went airborne over a gate. <laughs> Again, he's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. He's a little dog. Somehow he got over the gate and came running into the bedroom just because of a little bit of thunder. Is that normal? Is that in some dogs? And, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking to watch. And, and, you know, even before that first clap of thunder, you know, you could have a normally, you know, well-behaved dog, and all of a sudden they start pacing, panning, clinging to to you. They want to hide in the closet or get behind, the, you know, under a bed or behind the commode or something. And, you know, in severe cases, they'll claw through sheetrock or chew up mm. carpeting or even break through windows or claw through, try to chew through doors to, you know, their panic just escalates. And it's it's a real real condition is not very uncommon at all. I mean, we see it all the time and you shouldn't ignore it because um, it's, you know, these dogs are in kind of panic mode when this happens and we don't know everything that triggers it, but we suspect that they're set off by a combination of the wind, thunder, lightning, maybe some barometric pressure changes, uh, low frequency rumbles that come before the storm that we can't even hear. And one theory that they may experience little shocks from static electricity buildup before the storm. So, you know, and it just kind of escalates as the storm gets worse. And, um, you know, they have these, uh, it's just like a panic attack. And for some reason, herding breeds like border collies, they, there was one study done and um, they seem to maybe more predisposed to the problem. They never did come up with a reason why, but uh, so, and, you know, some dogs with the storm phobias are also afraid of other noises, such as fireworks or gunshots, but in some cases, it's just the thunderstorm. And, uh, you know, there's not an easy fix for it, but there are some ways to deal with it. Um, and one thing you should do, it's kind of a preventive measure, but just reward calm behavior year-round, you know, and you, you should kind of make them feel better, but don't just console them and pet and let them climb on you uh, when the storm is uh, going on because that just encourages that panic Ooh. panic behavior. You're, you're kind of rewarding them for that. You don't want to scold them, but don't reward them either for being clingy because that just increases the chance of that behavior in the future. You know, in, during the year, practice getting them to settle down on command, you know, maybe have a special inside leash that you put on the dog and practice having them lie down at your feet and praise calm behavior. And then when a storm does occur, you know, you can get that leash on them and, and hopefully they've learned to, to do that. Um, you know, give them a safe place to go in the storm. It might be a, just an open crate where they kind of feel sheltered or, you know, in a basement where they can't hear or see what's happening outside or even an interior room with, you know, music playing. Um, let them decide, you know, notice where they go during a storm and that's what they kind of feel as their safe place. So allow access to it and just make it as soundproof as you can. And then those, uh, you know, a snug fitting shirt or wrap that are designed to calm, anxious dogs. It's worth a try. You know, there's one called Thunder Shirt and it's supposed to have a calming effect like swaddling a baby in a blanket. Uh, so, you know, something like that you could use. Um, the, the other thing is uh, try to desensitize them to the sounds of the storm. You know, you can get recordings of thunder started at low levels 
that doesn't frighten them, give them treats or play a game with them and, and gradually increase the volume over the course of several months. And, you know, if it's, of course, stop that if it, they start showing anxiety. But the, the goal is to get them to associate it with good things. And, you know, a combination of these things, but sometimes what really helps is um, – Give them some medication, anxiolytics, uh, mild tranquilizers. Um, we did. There was one study several years ago that showed that 30 out of 32 dogs with storm phobia showed significant improvement when given medication, combined with the behavior modification and desensitizing type. Uh, method. So, you know, talk to your veterinarian. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some calls today. This is going to be a long day. You know, thunder's already started. I'm sure there's dogs right now hiding or shaking or pacing. And, you know, there's nothing worse than being afraid like that. There you go. Great news. And I guess, uh, Dr. Reed, if there is one person they could call, maybe they don't have a vet of preference at this point. Do you have anybody in mind that they could reach out to to get in touch with today to help their animals? Yeah. You know, I would be happy to talk to anybody that had a question about not only storm phobia, but, you know, any aspect of your pet's health. You know, we're, we're accepting new clients and, you know, would, would be happy to talk to them. That's the reason we like to have Dr. Kevin Reed on, his experience and, uh, I mean, just the idea that this guy's been around for so many years and serving so many people in this community, keeping animals safe. And we talk to him every Wednesday morning with Wet Nose Wednesday. And again, y'all, he is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed at Vet Care. Hey, if people want to find you on either social media or they want to call, what are the best ways they can get in touch with Vet Care? We're on Facebook. Uh, we have a website at vet-care.com and our, you know we're we're everywhere i have a vet tv channel so just give us a call our phone numbers on each of those uh websites and uh, social media platforms there you go dr kevin reed from vet care on the k fine breakfast club powered by families inc have a great week man and take care of those animals okay all right thanks for keeping us posted about the weather today right. thank you sir Dr. Kevin Reed, good dude right there. On the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered, as always, by Families Inc. Counseling Services. Brandon Baxter in the morning. You can go back and relive today's show on the podcast, the Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast. We had a really awesome interview with Dr. Shane Spites. Mm-hmm. We talk COVID-19, the vaccine, the new group of people, phase 1C, able to go and get vaccinated. For those people who might be saying, well, I'm not sure I heard side effects and all of this. Dr. Spites lays it out, man. Mm -hmm. He basically says, if you want to go back to normal, you need to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So I can go back and relive that today on the Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, which is available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? The Masked Singer, Game of Talents. If you didn't get enough of the Grammys, a two-hour special, a Grammy salute to the sounds of change is on tonight. That's going to be good, though, because there's going to be artists like Eric Church on that show tonight. That's kind of a music deal. Okay. Yeah. And then tonight's schedule also includes Riverdale, Chicago Med, Nancy Drew, Chicago Fire, and Chicago PD. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the Morning.